To the roots, the, the devil watching, yeah, he always on pursuit. On but pursuit. Jesus is our rock, so we shall not be moved. Can't be moved. We on a winning team, so we can't lose. We, can't lose. we say facts, cause we hitting y'all with proof. Started from the bottom, now we standing on the roof. Yeah. As God as our witness, we gon' make it to the moon. When you want the truth, the world be hiding it. This the real word, we providing it. We got Ace, BK, Truth, Rick Star. And we plan to make a movie like it's Pixar. From the plantation yeah. We just trying to save your souls from damnation soul. So if you down with the message Tune in every week so yeah. It will lead you to the message that you seek uh. yeah. It's the real world It's the real world It's the real world It's the real Welcome to the Real World Season 8, Episode 7. Shout out to everybody that's been watching. Shout out to everybody that's been supporting. Shout out to everybody that has helped us to get this far so far. Shout out to Swerps Media Group for awarding me the um, Power Professionals for 2020. Shout out to everybody that came out and showed love. Shout out to Vicky Schnepp. Shout out to um, Josh Schnepp. Shout out to Elizabeth Schnepp. Shout out to all the people that have supported the Real World Ministries and has helped us to get this far. Shout out to all the other nominees of the Power Professionals for 2022. I'm here with my co-host, introduce yourself. You already know it's the one and only AI in the building. I have me on Instagram, A Serving 11, Fang 11. I, I, I eat fish now, no more meat. <laughs> whoa, 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 I'm talking about food here, so I'm just gonna elaborate on that one. <laughs> Alright, alright. And we're here with two very special guests. Ladies, introduce yourself. Hi, my name is Alyssa Kucher. I'm founder of Healthy Fashion Campaign and author of Healthy Fashion, The Deeper Truths. Okay. My work involves fashion as an alternative health remedy, fashion for the mind, body, and spirit. I've been working in the fashion industry for over 15 years. Mm in an assortment of different roles in fashion retail, visual merchandising, styling, oh. fashion journalism, and design. And through my research, I've developed a new approach, modern approach to fashion, which is healthy fashion. Okay, okay. It transitions from the new sustainable eco-movement into fashion for our health, fashion as a medicinal therapeutic treatment. Hmm. Okay, thank you a lot. So, fashion. <laughs> and Sarah, introduce yourself. Okay, my name is Sarah Humphreys. Hi, everybody. I have a biography that is a lot shorter than that and a lot less impressive. Basically, I'm 18, I'm a senior in high school, I'm about to graduate, oh. and I'm just someone who really likes fantasy and really likes writing and expressing myself through language. I've been writing for almost my entire life, and I was lucky enough to publish a book. You're going to be a genius by 25. Yeah. So, one thing you guys do have in common is that you both chose to write a book. So, let's start with Sarah. 
Um, Sarah, what made, what's the title of your book and what made you write that book? My book is titled Stone Cold and I wrote the book basically because I had an idea and I had ideas for a very long time. That's how I write if something pops into my head. Dang it. Do you hear that echoing? Yeah, someone has to put their yes. stuff on you. <laughs> okay, let's see. Okay, that might work. Did it stop? Yeah. Well, okay. Yeah, go ahead. <laughs> um, so, basically, I just come up with fun ideas in my heads for stories, and this one I wanted to make uh, like a dystopian world, kind of, where people don't feel emotion, and I thought that would be a cool concept to put in a medieval kingdom and add some magic, and I was actually in a writing program and I had to put in an idea in two weeks, and that was stressful, so I had to come up with an idea really quickly, and I was able to write the book in six months through that writing program, six so that's kind of how I got started. Wow. That's a lot. That's impressive for 18. And what about you, Alyssa? So, the main, and that was really impressive, Sarah. Your book sounds really intriguing. Yeah. I, I believe it could be turned into a movie. I think it's a really fascinating storyline. Yeah, I'm inspired by your age. So, with my book, Healthy Fashion, The Deeper Truths, this is the book itself. Mm -hmm. It's published by John Hunt Publishing, December 1st, 2021, so it's been a few months. Wow. This book is a part of my life story in regards to my work in the spiritual world, living in ashrams and monasteries. I am very spiritual. I've lived and worked doing lots of yoga and meditation and healing, energy healing, Reiki and whatnot, hmm. as well as my fashion work. And I knew that there needs to be somewhat of a combination between the two moving forward within the fashion industry. Mm -hmm. There's a lot of toxicity in the fashion world and within the eco-fashion trends, there still isn't enough modernization in regards to fashion being a health treatment. Mm. So I felt that there was a uh, idea here, and uh, a good idea in regards to being able to elaborate on all the different types of fashion elements that we can use in regards to how it can affect our life. So I kind of break it down within the five bodies, how fashion and apparel can relate to our mental body, our emotional body, our spiritual body, our physical body, and our energetic body. And within that is a multi-dimensional type of fashion. Because we are living, breathing, multi-dimensional human beings, I found that fashion through theory and philosophy and just knowledge and research, fashion can be treated as such. And I think within the marketing industry and fashion, there can be a lot more trends within the health and wellness sector expanded upon, not just within active wear and athleisure, but in all the style genres, in all of the fashion markets today. Mm. Sarah, this question is for you, right? 
Um, we heard Alyssa say how fashion plays a big part in life, and I feel like even when it comes to books, the things that the characters in the book wear plays a big part. I was I was reading a book yesterday, and they was describing the the way a woman was dressed, and because she was a woman of affluence, they were saying she wore a Hermes Birkin bag and a matching dress, and they described her. And then when she got to the date, she thought she was going to like a five-star restaurant, so she was dressed apart. When she got there, she saw that she was eating at a farmhouse out of a out of a stove pot. <laughs> so then she looked foolish because of the way she was dressed. And I know your book is like the fantasy world. So what what ideas in regards to fashion and how do they play a part with the characters in your book? Well, I had to do a lot of research based on what people in that time period would wear. And normally I put a lot of effort into everyone's character designs, what their own sense of fashion is, what they wear. Uh, and I just play around with it and find something that works. So, I don't know. Uh, fashion has to do a lot with the main character's personality and how they perceive the world and the conflicts that they're going through. Like, the main character... Um, always wears jackets and shawls and scarves because she feels really vulnerable all the time, so she tries to cover herself, mm. and that's her own sense of fashion. <laughs> and there, I, did, I designed guard uniforms and servant uniforms, and I just tried to put a lot of detail into uh, clothing and what people wear. It, no one's going to see it because it's not a movie. No, uh, you're going to see can, it, though, in your mind. Well, you yeah, it, I, yeah, I can describe yeah. it in the book. Yeah, yeah. Of yeah. You can the picture uh, yourself. And, yeah, and I, I think that putting a lot of effort into clothing and the design of the world is, um, is a lot more immersive for the reader, and it and it allows the characters to show a lot more personality. So yeah, fashion it plays a big part in fantasy in fantasy worlds. So which character in your book do you relate the most to? Definitely the main character because yeah. I struggle a lot with anxiety and expressing myself and talking Social to people. Anxiety. Yep. So the main character kind of uh, personifies that. She's me. She has a lot of my own character traits. I can share something with you. Um, one of my occupations is a clinical therapist, right? A psychotherapist. And I had a patient basically. And she was saying that because of the things that was happening in her life, she would oftentimes read books and she would escape into books. Um, and therapy says it's good for men to read um, fictional books so that they could explore their imaginations and create things and build things. And it's good for women to read non-fictional books because oftentimes they daydream already. <laughs> <laughs> Alyssa, what do you think about that? I, I'm sorry, you lost me. No, I said, what do you I, think I'm, about that? That men should read more. Um, men should read more fictional books, and women should read more non-fictional books. No, I said, sorry, men should read fictional books. Yeah, and women should read non-fictional books. Yeah, I got it right the first time. What do you think about that? You're on mute. Okay. Sarah, there oh, I thought Sarah was going to answer the question. No, it's for you, Alyssa. 
Um, I'm not sure about that. Uh, I haven't been really aware of it. Personally, myself, I don't read a lot of fiction as much as I would like to. Mm-hmm. Uh, I love uh, f- fictional movies, mm-hmm. uh, but non-fiction is where, where I kind of stay in. And mm-hmm. to be honest, you're asking the wrong person. I, I really don't study the male mind. It's <laughs> <laughs> a very complex question, and I it, actually it's very interesting and new. Mm-hmm. The concept. <laughs> so let's ask Ace. Oh, me? Yeah, Ace, what do you think? <laughs> I mean, for me, I think... Yeah, I kind of do agree to some point, because, I mean, you know, let's be real. Like, more females think more emotionally, men think more logically, so if men would read more book about fairy tales, I guess, you know, like, he's able to interact with women better. And then from woman perspective, them reading about more nonfiction book, then they would understand like men from more of like a logic standpoint. I think it's because of that. Mm-hmm. But yeah, I think we should, cause I mean, women always want to pick, cause women is like not to be offensive, but women like sometimes. They live in their mind, but we all know there's two worlds in here, like your mind and then the reality when you step outside. And you can have all these imaginary fairy tales in your mind, but when you get outside, it's the real world. So it's like, it's the battle between two. So, yeah, I do agree. Like, women should read more non-fictional books. I'm not saying you should read it every time, but just try, just try it a little bit to read some non-fictional books. Because then, you know, it brings a balance between a man and a woman. Let's ask Alyssa, because Alyssa looks like the more serious one. What do you think about his answer? <laughs> Actually, I do agree. I, I believe that potentially, because of my interest in nonfiction books, maybe I am trying to be more logical. And I do find, though, that there are some women who are very right-brained, and there are some women who are very left-brained. And I think you can be a male, and you can be right-brained, and you can be a female and be left-brained. I find that along my path and life journey, there are some very masculine women, and there are some very feminine men. Mm. But in general, generally speaking, yes, you're correct. Mm. In general. So, Alyssa, er, earlier on you touched on a lot of social aspects and a lot of social things that you like to address, that you did address in your book. So what are some things that you go into your book socially? Well, Part of it is, um, there's one concept called the fashion archetypes versus fashion stereotypes. Mm -hmm. And a lot of times I find that when we choose to perceive fashion, we can look at fashion and dress in a shallow, superficial way, Mm -hmm. or we can look at it in an honorable, respectful way. And the Genjian archetypes are some of the archetypes that I have used in relation to fashion. Mm -hmm. So, for example, 
instead of looking at an athlete and calling him a jock because of his apparel, we can perceive the athlete in the Gendrian archetypes and call him a adventurer or hero based on his dress. And that can actually elevate and advance our perception of what we see and how we see fashion. Mm-hmm. And respect and honor ourselves because we don't really want to perceive fashion in superficial, shallow ways in general. It's just what has been done within fashion marketing in the mainstream fashion industry. Mm-hmm. So a big part of the social regime, social regimes on this planet is the high elite versus the more middle class and then the poor and being able to interpret the Gentian archetypes in relation to fashion, mm-hmm. we can sort of balance out some of that and we don't have to feel so much discomfort whether we like someone's apparel or not. We can honor and respect it as is. Mm. So what do you think of this pink polo? <laughs> um, I think it's uh, in terms of the Junji archetypes. No, in general, they like it or not. That's what he said. I love it. I think yeah. it's great. I yeah. think it looks really stylish. It's really fashionable. And you look really put together. <laughs> I do. Yeah. I, I see your fashions in your photos, and you're very well-dressed. Oh, thank you. You're probably more well-dressed than I am. <laughs> oh, you're stalking me, Alyssa, huh? <laughs> <laughs> I just did a quick Google search and I saw some of your photos. Oh, you Googled me, Alyssa. <laughs> you hear this, Sarah? What do you think about this? <laughs> what do you think about my pink polo, Sarah? Uh, well, I don't have a very good sense of fashion at all. I, I, I don't think about the clothes that I wear. It's mm-hmm. usually just jeans and a t-shirt and whatever sweater I pull out of the closet first. Just like that's Mark Zuckerberg, so that's a good thing. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> look, you're 18 years old, you wrote a book. I can't say at 18 I was writing books. I was doing other activities. <laughs> but I'm not going to talk about those activities. But yeah, now you should feel accomplished just because you're not well-dressed. We all got different talents. So like, if one person's not well-dressed, then you got the brain. 18 writing books. I can see a director in you too. Yeah. Like, I'm being real honest. Like, I can see you being a director. If you wrote a book at 18, you're able to pick out the characters, how you want them dressed and everything. All you have to do is turn a book into a script and then sell a script. Exactly. You can literally write a movie if you want, to be honest. So what's some of the politics in your book? Because Alyssa... Is heavy into the politics and the social stuff. So let's hear about your book's politics. Does your characters involve themselves in politics and social issues? Uh, yeah, a lot. Because specifically in this book, because a whole lot of the characters are royalty. Okay. So there's a lot of social divide and um, mannerisms, and basically, I I had to research on the operation on on how a medieval kingdom operated, mm. so there's a lot of 
uh, differences between the people and class hierarchies and so yeah there are a lot of politics in my book mm. oh so it's like Game of Thrones almost oh. uh, well I, I have written books that are like Game of Thrones and those books are always very entertaining because I like writing smart characters that are really savvy about psychology and culture and Wait. what to do how many books totals have you written for oh, real oh a lot. Uh, this is I just the you? first one that I published. So, yeah, I, I, I told you I've been writing for basically my whole life, so there are a lot of books that I've written. Are you the fem the next female J.K. Rowling? No, she can be like J.K. Rowling if she wants. You know J.K. Rowling? Well, of course you do. Sarah? Oh, I think Sarah froze. Well, let's speak to Alyssa until Sarah comes back. Alyssa. Yes. Okay, so yeah, you're still alive. Sarah will still come back. But yeah, so you said that you did a lot of work. Oh, here's come back Sarah. So Sarah, you're back. <laughs> We're glad yeah, to have you. Sorry. <laughs> now you're good. Um, yeah, I think the last thing I asked you, well, the last thing that we said is that you could be the next J.K. Rowling, like the lady that wrote the Harry Potter books. I'm sure you know who that is. <laughs> uh, yeah, a lot of people have uh, said that. I wrote a dragon book um, with... Um, uh, a magic system with different types of fire and stuff like that and I, I actually read it for a talent show mm. and a few people came up to oh. Sarah must have dial up in Utah <laughs> Alyssa so Alyssa how did you get your start in fashion well, it was back when I was a teenager. When I was 16 years old, I used to draw little fashion illustrations in a sketchbook. Mm -hmm. And also, I had worked fashion retail since I was 16 years old. Uh, visual merchandising, retail management. But I was always drawn to fashion design. So at 18, I went to Academy of Art University. And I also wasn't as ambitious as Sarah in regards to writing. I was very insecure about my writing, but I dabbled into poetry and short stories mm. quite a lot. And I liked a lot of the um, classics like Edna St. Vincent, Vincent Millay and mm. Sylvia Plath. Uh, some of the deceased writers were what I read. But in regards to design, I've... I really started when I was very young and I would draw and draw and draw all these sketches but I really wasn't comfortable and good at sewing but when I took a class, a pattern making class in college and then many many years later I got into sewing handmade collections and I sell these handmade collections of modern fashion designs in local shops and online shops and the collections actually made it into a talent show uh, Saks Fifth Avenue talent search competition oh. and as you may yes yeah, I, I did not win it there were 70 participants out of thousands that you were entered. To 70 were entered so yeah I think I think that alone for me is was a big milestone and it gave me a sense of who I was as a designer mm -hmm. and a lot of the people that were purchasing my garments were of all ages and what they wanted was a comfortable modern look slightly urban really fresh mm -hmm. really cool but minimal and sleek and something that 
I believe is futuristic as well. But I really got my start when I was a teenager around Sarah's age. Uh, actually, well, yes, it was around Sarah's age. No, it was a couple years younger than Sarah. Um, but like I said, Sarah, I have to applaud you because Sarah's writing a book, I think. And what writing book after book for so many years at such a young age, that is quite an accomplishment. Sarah, are you still there? Oh, I don't know. I don't think she's there. Alyssa, do you still see Sarah? She was on mute. She uh, was sorry. Oh, okay, sorry, because uh, I didn't see you on the computer screen, but that's probably because of uh, my, my computer's mute. in the so. oh, Okay, I see you now. I see you now. No, 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 it's okay. Hello. <laughs> yeah, um... The reason why I actually got question, Alyssa, because I, because I met someone that's also a fashion designer. They're actually an executive fashion designer now for a well-known company, and they said they got their start from doing, I guess, drawing. Like they will let their mind run, similar to how Sarah does, and Sarah writes books where he would draw pictures of clothes, and then he built his way up, and he ended up going to FIT. He told me for a little bit. And then he worked his way up from fashion house to fashion house to fashion house until he joined more so of a couture niche line, you know, that he does more so now. And we see sometimes, a lot of times, they, they include social issues into fashion. I remember when they had the voter die, when they were trying to get, I, I believe, George Bush out of office or someone like that. There was like the voter die. And Sean John, um, that was owned by Sean Diddy Combs, he put the vote or die on a t-shirt. And I remember we went out of our way to get that t-shirt. I remember I paid, I think, like $50 for that t-shirt. And that t-shirt was a part of history. Just like, you know, the t-shirts we see, even still, the one, even the one with the fist or the one with um, Bob Marley on the front, Black Lives Matter, all of them. Even the one with the smiley face, all of those count, in a sense. So it's like all of them have left the impact on people through fashion, you know? And even when you go back in time, we see how the different eras had different fashions. And Sarah talked about the medieval fashion where they wore like the long gowns and, you know, a lot of them had the big undergarments and all this extra stuff. Yeah. So you guys have a lot more in common than you think. For real. Yeah, I both wrote a book. That's well, a great books, accomplishment. Yeah. Great accomplishment. Yeah, both know how to style, to be honest. Sarah don't talk about styling clothing, but trust me, if you take it deeper, you'll realize how good you are in clothing. Yeah. So tell us about more about where you guys are from. Sarah, you said you're from Utah, right? Yeah, I'm from Utah, and I've, I was out... <laughs> I was born in Virginia, but I've been in Utah for the past 15 years, so... Where's Utah I'm, located? Like, what's the closest... What's, what's next to Utah? Uh, oh, uh, towards the west. <laughs> it's kind of a desert here. Yeah. The only really thing I know about Utah is the Utah, Utah Jazz, honestly. Is it near Seattle? Phoenix? No. Yeah, uh, around there. Salt Lake City, Phoenix, uh, oh, Nevada. Salt Lake City. What's the main um, city in Utah? Salt Lake City. Salt Lake City. Okay. That's where the Utah Jazz at, right? Yeah. 
Well, so you over there? And you're in San Diego, Alyssa, right? San Diego, California. Yeah, I grew up in New Hampshire on the East Coast. For many years, I lived in New Hampshire. And I traveled to California. Oh, and I lived and worked in Michigan, hmm. New York City, oh, New Jersey, um, San yeah. Francisco. And San Diego. You've been all around the world. I love California. I love I love California. Uh, it's definitely my home. Mm. If it's your personality. So, what's the difference in fashion in those different places that you live? Well, Sarah's laughing because um, <laughs> you know it's true. Cat <laughs> fits your personality. <laughs> So California fashion is, I guess, it's um, a little bit more relaxed potentially based on the weather. More I beachy, think that right? you can find. I think you can find in America in general, fashion is pretty similar. Mm, I wouldn't say that. I wouldn't say people on the West Coast dress like people in New York. No. People in Cali don't dress like people in New York. In the cities, in in some of the cities like San Francisco, you find similar clothing in New York City. I said that it's more laid back in mm. California. Mm. But in general, many of the fashion trends are relative. And that's what I talk about in my book is universal fashion. Mm. Universal fashion is all about how we can bring all different cultures together by uh, more union in regards to trends and whatnot. And really, the truth of modernizing fashion is like the types of different foods that we eat, mm -hmm. we can choose to wear the different types of styles and fashions that are out there. And that alone is contributing to a universal fashion Fashion that is worldly, fashion that is relative. Yeah, but what I would life. say is, I'll give you an example, like a Timberland boots, like you know those big Timberland boots that people in New York wear with the big puffy coats? You wouldn't see someone in California wearing that because it's too hot. You're not going to be in the <laughs> Timberland <laughs> boots. Those are like winter boots when it snows. So yeah, like, I did say weather, it's definitely weather related. Yeah, yeah it's definitely weather related. When it's um, California is a different vibe than the East Coast. Um, it, there's a lot more country, I believe, yeah. in rural areas. It's and easy. On the East Coast, basically, New Hampshire and New England in general is, is very Bostonian, potentially, too. Mm. There's um, definitely, you know, sophistication that you can find it, in, in the New England East Coast area. It's easier to be more fashionable. In the summer, when the sun's out, than in the winter. Winter is a different type of fashion. You gotta be dripping mm -hmm. in the winter time. That's yeah. why New York people, especially Brooklyn people like us, we the most fashionable in every weather. We come up everywhere and they're like, yeah, you must be from Brooklyn. Because <laughs> you know <what> I mean? <laughs> no. let's be real. You're a fashion designer, you know, summer is very easy. All you gotta do is just put one, two together. And go together. Yeah, t-shirt <laughs> and shorts and sandals. You know, like exactly. That's it. That's what Cali is. What about you, Sarah? Like, what's the fashion by where you live? Uh, well, I mean, 
I'm not very fashion conscious, but I have noticed that in Utah, the weather changes every five minutes. Ooh, so a whole yeah. lot of people wear layers, jackets. They, I, I go they to wear school Canada boots? Uh, <laughs> not like boots. A whole lot of people just no, no, wear no. sneakers. Canada goose. Oh, well, I don't know anything about... <laughs> no, no, because I'm saying out there. No, Canada Goose is a jacket brand. Yeah, Canada Goose is a name brand. But for, I, I, I would know. For <laughs> your location, I think they would definitely want to wear Canada Goose. <laughs> so people where you live don't wear like name brand or high fashion. Uh, well, like, not like anything Gucci, like really Prada, expensive. Louis Vuitton. I'm not near any rich people, and I don't think. My area would be considered rich, so not like very on name brand things. It's just kind of, at least at my school, mm-hmm. uh, like specifically what teenagers wear. That's that's kind of where my area is, mm-hmm. and most teenagers don't really care about their appearance. Yeah, but they care about their sneakers. So what's the most hottest sneaker in Utah right now? <laughs> they um, definitely care about the. I don't know. <laughs> it's probably the Jordans. Do they wear Jordans or Nikes or Vans? Yeah, there are a lot of sporty people. Uh, basically, I, I've seen a whole lot of brands. So, mm-hmm. yeah, Nike, Adidas, stuff like that. Yeezys. Oh, do, do they wear Yeezys in Utah? Like Kanye West sneakers? Nah, I think it's too cold out there to be wearing those Yeezys. You <laughs> <laughs> can't I'm be wearing sure. T-50s in not Utah. Sure. Like that. <laughs> <laughs> what about you, Alyssa? Like, What's the fashion by where you live right now? Like, what's trendy? Actually, why don't we get back to Sarah's book and give a, let her give a little more information about her book. We should be talking a lot about fashion. Yeah, but we I'd like to hear more about Sarah. <laughs> oh, I got one question for you, Alyssa. Like, was you prom queen? And then the question I got for Sarah, you about to be the valedictorian? Oh, uh, no. Although, my, Whoa, my brother. <laughs> uh, you well, plenty of books. I would expect you to be the valedictorian. Yeah, but uh, a whole lot of people know me because of my books, but my my, my twin brother is definitely smarter. Oh, you got a twin brother? <laughs> oh. Yeah. Wow. That's the only person that can top you right now. So your twin brother is valedictorian, you say? Well, not valedictorian, but he's graduating at the top 20 of my entire senior class, and that's a lot of Kids. people. Yeah, so, yeah he's, he's really smart, and I face some mastermind-type characters off of him. Wow. What is he going to study in college, if he's going to college? He wants to be a particle physicist. Oh, wow. Oh, I don't even really know what that is. He he likes chemistry and physics a lot, so Peter that's Parker. what he wants to study. Yeah. He's a scientist like Peter Parker, right? Like, you know how Peter Parker is a scientist. <laughs> oh, yes. Oh, yes. Absolutely. <laughs> He's scrawny like Peter Parker, too. <laughs> <laughs> I would tell him you said that. <laughs> Just a cute nerd. Yeah. <laughs> that's, that's, that's the stereotype. Wow. So what about you? What do you want to study in college? Oh, probably English or oh. something along those lines. Although, I really do like 
basically anything having to do with science, psychology, microbiology, conservation, anything, honestly. I'm into a whole lot of different stuff because an author has to be into a whole lot of different things because they have to create worlds and they have to understand how this world works and how to write people. I, I would suggest director on your list too. You could make a movie like James Cameron did Avatar, you know, where it took him a very long time <laughs> and he made it so intricate. Yeah, because yeah, yeah. you direct one good that. movie, yeah. you're going to be skyrocketing. Because <laughs> everybody's going to be calling. You might even get Will Smith on one of your movies. Mm. Never <laughs> So tell the people why they should buy your book. Well, it would really help, and I really, really, really want to be an author as a career. So uh, buying my book would support me a lot and keep me being able to publish and write other books. Mm -hmm. And a whole lot of people have enjoyed my book. It's YA, young adult, but older people in my ward have enjoyed it too, and basically all ages and all demographics just if you struggle with anxiety and expressing yourself then I think this book would really help you with that and what can they find the book and how much is it you can basically find it anywhere because it's traditionally published that's nice so Amazon Google Play Barnes and Noble any online store basically and I think it costs uh, it was published awfully recently, this January, mm -hmm. so uh, I think it costs like $10, $15, something along those lines. Your face froze. Oops. So she comes back, we're back to you. Alyssa, you have to answer the question, what's the fashion where you live right now? What, what are what's the... What are people wearing? Fashion? Yeah, like what are people wearing right now? Um, a whole host of different style genres and trends. Mm -hmm. uh, it it could go from urban to more active wear, athleisure. Mm -hmm. oh. It's not sundress season over there. I'm sorry. It's not sundress season over there right now. Um, there's not. I, I wouldn't say that California is an incredibly warm climate. Mm. I would I was living up north in Northern California and it's quite chilly. Oh, no, I went to college in San Francisco and quite chilly. It's jacket mm. weather, so it's not a very hot climate. Uh, but in the summertime, it, it is getting quite warm, and. Uh, a lot of people right now are dressing for comfort, I've noticed, especially with coronavirus occurring. People mm. are definitely generally wearing more comfortable clothing. Mm. Unless you have to go to the office, you're going to wear a, a suit and a tie. Mm. Professional and tie. So which part of California is hot all the time then? By the beach? San Diego is not hot all the time, but it would be the warmest place to uh, be in California. But I, I mean, I've worn a winter coat in the winter season in San Diego. It's it's not that warm. It's like New York cold. It's not as no. It doesn't get. It doesn't drop down to zero 
It's it can go down to the forties. Forties. This is like the lowest probably. But even in the fifties, it's quite chilly in the fifties. For us, we wouldn't consider that that cold really. So let's ask you this, right? Throughout your career, since you say you started around 15, 16, you said 16? Are you talking to me? Yeah, yeah, yeah. you were listening. Sarah's not what here. did you say? No, I said what you would say would be the highlight of yeah. your career. Oh, and we got Sarah back again. Thanks, Sarah. Out of your long career, what would you say would be the highlight of your career? Uh, I would say... Being a planetary energy healer is my main focus. It's what not fashion. Uh, so I visit energy vortexes like Lake Tahoe, Mount Shasta, Joshua Tree, Monterey Bay. How do you there's know? There's a whole host of different planetary energy vortexes where there's a high frequency. And I basically, as an energy worker, I'm helping activate the crystalline energy grid line on planet Earth. Wait, wait, wait. That, you said a lot just now. You have to break it down to us. Explain all this to us. How do you know that those places are what you say they are? And how do you know who that you are who you claim to be? And explain what it is that you're doing on Earth. Well, they call uh, light workers or planetary energy workers or healers or a um, spiritual being, or a, and I'm not, I'm not like saying I'm not religious. I am religious. I wear, I'm wearing a cross. I'm Christian. <laughs> so none of these, none of these terms. We all got our crosses. None of these terms are going against God or in any sort of way. No, I don't uh, think they are. I don't think they are at all. No. I just oh, want okay. you to explain it, that's why. But well, uh, when I went to Mount Shasta, there's a... I've met spirit guides in human form who gave me the knowledge and understanding of what I do as a gatekeeper, gravekeeper, which is you have to just do some research on what the crystalline energy grid is. And basically, climate change is a good idea of, or a good explanation of what's going on. The, the, the frequency on Earth is activating, and the lower vibrations and the toxicity on the planet Earth is going to eventually be transmutated. Mm. So as a fashion professional, I would say my energy work is the most rewarding and the most productive in regards to being more underground, uh, you know, there's lots of people who are successful and have achieved in the limelight, but if you go to India or some of the ancient uh, gurus and swamis and monks, mm -hmm. they're not in the limelight, but they're successful because they're initiating consciousness on this planet. Mm -hmm. so I, and pre. So how well. do you feel pre. about my energy? Let me ask you that question. The Mayans? No, not Mayans. My energy. My energy. Oh, as an energy reader, mm -hmm. I think you have very good energy. <laughs> Why you say that? Um, actually, I I think you have good energy. I don't know. I don't think you have. <laughs> <laughs> you just said. 
spiritual powers. That's why I asked you. you. I'm not a psychic, but I do read energy. Yeah, yeah, that's and why I asked. You have a strong presence. Mm -hmm. You have a very strong presence on on this planet. How does it feel it's to you? It's Hmm? Yeah, you have a strong presence. Strong energetic presence. You want to elaborate? Sarah, um, Sarah's laughing. <laughs> Sarah, we're serious. We want to know. Sarah looks interesting. Well, with your work uh, in um, religion and being able to communicate and talk hmm. the way that you do, you definitely have claimed some sort of mastery. Wow. So, uh, it, it's an achievement. It's, you have a strong presence. I don't really know much, much else what you want me to tell you. Oh, so you watched my videos then? I did watch one of your videos where you were preaching, yes. Oh, wow. Thanks. Thanks for the support. I appreciate it. Yeah. It, it's on Google. Sarah, what do you think about this? Because Alyssa said a lot, and I know some of these are things that you probably wrote about in your book, but Sarah, but it sounds like Alyssa practiced them in... in and this dimension. So, what do you think about that? Uh, well, I I haven't heard a lot about this actually. I I think it's interesting. I I could uh, care to do more research on it. Although I do uh, deal a lot with magic systems, especially like energy and the energy of the soul and how that can be used in magic. So I can relate a little bit to what you're saying with uh, some of the elements of my book that I use with uh, relating to magic and human emotions and uh, that's, I, I like that topic, I dabble in it a lot, so maybe I can do a little bit more research on what you're saying. Sarah, did you just confess that you do magic? <laughs> oh, I wish. I so wish. I wish I could do magic. Oh my gosh. At uh, 18 years old? <laughs> what would you do as with of, magic? As of right now. Like, as of right now, I cannot. <laughs> so if you could do magic, what would you do? What type of magic would you do? Oh, I I would really want to be able to firebend, create fire, create life and energy. That That's really appealing to me. Mm -hmm. Oh, so you both are into energy. Yes. <laughs> Energy and fashion. Yeah. So why fire though? You watched a lot of Avatar at the Airbender. Oh yeah. <laughs> that that was that was my childhood show. Yeah, but uh, yeah, that was my childhood show <laughs> But but fire, I love fire because it represents life and energy and warmth. Wow. <laughs> I get cold power. really easily, so that that power could have a practical use to it. Yeah. <laughs> The ice got power too. Fire is most of the time the most powerful and the most deadly element mm -hmm. out of all of them, right? It is. Because you could burn everything. Destruction. Yeah. You you ladies have some spicy personalities. <laughs> For real. How do the men in your lives deal with this? Like, what about you, Sarah? Are you dating right now or no? <laughs> Oh boy, I, I wish I had a boyfriend, but I do not have a boyfriend. I've never actually dated anyone. So right now I'm just kind of the sad person who writes romance novels, but has never actually been in a relationship. Have you tried? Have you, tried? Have you expressed your feelings to a guy before? 
Yeah. Yes, I, I actually am like dating someone right now, but not seriously. So hopefully that turns into something. Oh, Wait, so you are dating? You said okay, you are dating. Okay, not dates, but not like seriously. Like I've never been in a relationship. Oh, she want to put her business out there. Like, <laughs> I be dating, but that's none of your business. <laughs> She hasn't made a commitment yet. Like, or he hasn't made a no, commitment yet. Until so. the ring's on it, I'm not claiming it. <laughs> <laughs> what about you, Alyssa? You're next. Alyssa Couture? Have I been in a relationship? Yeah. <laughs> no, I'm saying, like, how does the men in your life deal with your personality? Like, everything that you've told us. Because I'm sure whoever you're dating or whoever, you know, you... Ex- you share these ideas with them as well, right? Well, I I have been on a twin flame journey, and I do have some kind of telepathic connection with my twin flame. And I know that sounds very paranormal and supernatural, but if you do your research, you can find I uh, have I I know that I do not dabble in the occult, but I believe that there are intuitives and psychics. And they have all assured me that I'm going to meet this person that I've been waiting for. But we do share a telepathic communication and, you know, I meet him in my dream state. And it's a very sad story, actually. I've been waiting quite a long time to be in a relationship and have a a marriage at 37 in November. I'm too old to be single. So, yes, I I am lonely because I'm not quite with my future husband, but at the same time, I know it's going to manifest and it's going to occur very soon. Mm. I've been assured by uh, shamans. So who holds you at night during those cold nights in San Diego? (laughs) (laughs) What did you say? I said, who holds you at night and keeps you warm during those cold (laughs) nights in San Diego? (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> <laughs> well what about you are you uh, are you married or do you have a girlfriend well my situation is very very complicated we'll need a whole nother episode to speak about that <laughs> right now we're focused on you <laughs> she refused the question <laughs> what a delightfully ambiguous answer <laughs> she like Sarah's having fun tonight <laughs> Sounds like I wasn't expecting that. Yeah. <laughs> that's good because you guys were a little too serious when we first started this conversation. So, like, I like it that like you guys had fun and you guys were able to open up and let loose. You don't gotta be too serious all the time. Like, we could engage in all different types of conversations because we yeah. sat around this circle with so many different people and met so many different people. Yeah. I mean, so it's like we try to be ourselves all the time. But yeah, like I was speaking to both you ladies. Alyssa, um, you you touched on a point that I want to zone in on. And you said something about the twin flame energy. And that's something that, you know, I've heard about as well. Um, when you meet someone that you feel like is a twin flame, like just feel like you've known each other your entire lives. And sometimes you could live a whole different life and still end up meeting back with that person in the middle even though you might not be with the person the way you want to be with the person sometimes but you guys always have that connection you know 
That's just the ways, ways don't die. <laughs> 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 but like, have you ever met this person or are you still waiting to meet this person? Well, um, right now is supposedly in prophecy, it's end times. Mm. And there's oh. a spiritual battle on earth. Are you referring between... to the book of Revelation? Yeah, and you've heard this. I'm, I'm, it's very obvious. So you're into, you're into more things than fashion. There's a lot going on on this planet. And in, in regards to uh, my twin flame journey, it's, you know, it's, it's really not something I generally speak about. I've actually never been on a podcast and talked about it. You're <laughs> <So, laughs> like, you put me on the spot not really, I'm not really interested in speaking too much more about it, mm. but at the same time, because it's end times and there's a spiritual battle occurring, mm. and if you do have a soul, mm. you will have some form of twin flame mm. because they say that if you have a soul, you have a twin soul, and there's a counterpart. If you are soulless, which is the case in some cases, mm -hmm. some people on earth do not have souls, you don't have a twin flame. But it is special and good to know that soul people, people with souls, have a twin flame. And it could be in this timeline, this lifetime, or another lifetime. But like I said, I am no expert at... Uh, twin flames there's a lot of confusion around the twin flame journey mm. uh, as you can see in multiple different forums online people are very devastated and being and confused in regards to Megan what Fox. they think a twin flame is mm -hmm. megan fox and um so, mgk what no i said you was talking about twin flame i can think of one megan fox mgk those are two artists. I think Megan Fox is more like a, a model. A movie star. Megan yeah. Fox from Transformers. You remember Megan Fox from Transformers? You ever seen the Transformers movies? The first few ones? Yes. Yeah, huh? I've never seen it, but I've heard it. Okay. Wow. You don't you don't watch movies often? I watch documentaries. Mm. Uh, I don't really watch a lot of uh, movies, no. I, I'll watch like historical documentaries, mm -hmm. uh, fashion documentaries, educational films, but I don't dabble too much into uh, watching movies. Mm -hmm. So what do you do for fun? What do I do for fun? Yeah. Like for recreation. <laughs> um, actually, I've, I'm just trying to survive here. I... I uh, most of my hobbies are fashion related, mm -hmm. doing a lot of my marketing and, and uh, of my book, but in terms of fun, uh, I guess it would be traveling and, and visiting the energy spots on the planet. That's my most treasured thing that I do. I love to go to the ocean. Mm -hmm. I love to listen to classical music. Yeah, I, like I love to cook. I like the ocean. I like... Yesterday I was in the supermarket and it was playing Beethoven 15th Symphony. It was cool. <laughs> yeah, but on another note, why should people buy your book and where can they find your book? Well, uh, 
Uh, after all I said, I don't know if anyone's going to buy my book. <laughs> <laughs> Why do you say that? <laughs> my book, Healthy Fashion, is all about fashion for the mind, body, and spirit. And so you really have to be heavily interested in fashion, design, and apparel. And whether or not you want to have a conscious wardrobe, or it's for both, the fashion professional and fashion consumer. But if you want to find uh, new concepts, new um, interesting ideas of how we can relate with our fashion and other people's fashion mm -hmm. and transform our wardrobe, it doesn't mean buying a whole new closet clothes, but it would definitely be a book for you if you like fashion but you want to take it to another level. Mm. And where can they find your book at? You can go to Amazon, Barnes & Noble, Books A Million, IndieBound. It's on almost all major platforms worldwide. Mm -hmm. So ladies, do you have any plans to turn your books into audiobooks? Because people are lazy nowadays. Yeah, I read audiobooks. Well, I, I could do that for a few hundred dollars. Mm -hmm. uh, my publishing company is just starting to do audiobooks mm -hmm. this year, so I was at the cutoff. Mm -hmm. So it, I think it's something that would be beneficial for me. Mm -hmm. I would definitely be interested in making an audiobook, but I'm not going to yet. Okay. What about you, Sarah? Audiobooks? Uh, well, a whole lot of people in my neighborhood have asked for an audiobook, so uh, I, I'm probably gonna do a cheap one, which is me voicing it and me doing all the stuff for the characters and using an audio program and sending out to people that way. I don't exactly have the money or resources to do a professional, audible-type grade one. Yeah. I mean, it's still a good investment what you're doing right there, though. Yeah, start off small, hustle. Yeah, yeah. You could you could do all your books like that. Mm. More profit. So, Sarah, to our fans, what closing thoughts would you like to leave them with? Well, um, <laughs> I think everyone can have the potential to write, and everyone has a story to tell. So, if you feel that that's something that you'd really want to do, then anyone can start. Writing just takes a piece of paper and a pencil or or an access to a computer or any type of keyboard, typewriter, anything. Writing doesn't take a lot of resources. So I encourage people to start writing or journaling if they feel the need to because it really helps with negative thoughts, anxiety, depression, and it wouldn't hurt to have more stories in the world. Hmm. Thank you very much. And one more time, where can they find your book at and what's the name of your book? The name of my book is Stone Cold and you can find it anywhere, just like her book on you Amazon. Put it on the, put it on the screen so everybody can see. Stone Cold like Steve Austin. <laughs> oh my gosh. <laughs> Will you watch that? You know how many times I've heard that? Oh my word. <laughs> Unforeseen blunder when I came up with the title. Yeah, but, <laughs> but it's permanent. So. It's, it's good marketing, right? For real. <laughs> yeah. You should write to Stone Cold Steve Austin and, and get him to help you promote your book. He'll probably help you for real. Yeah. Sure. No, I'm serious. Yeah. Look, man, your resume is impressive. Cause look, I can speak for myself. At 18, 
I did not accomplish all the things you accomplished. Yeah. <laughs> right, like, that's, that's really how we blew up. Like, mm-hmm. you, you know, like, I met this lady that owned newspaper publications, and she started publishing our work, and, you know? So go on Instagram or go on Facebook and write to them. Like, you could reach out to them. Yeah. And say, I wrote this book, tell them your story, you know? I can help you promote They'll be more impressed because you're 18. They're like, what? you 18? You wrote all these books? Yeah, let me sit down here and listen real quick. Yeah, exactly. Unless, okay. Yeah, try it, try it. And if, and if it works, you know, don't forget about us, you know? We're a tax exempt. You can make a donation once you cash out too. <laughs> yeah. Alyssa, closing thoughts? She made juicy couture. Well, thank you so much for having me on your show, The Real World TV. It's been a pleasure. I really enjoyed talking, communicating, and being open with these conversations that we've had. Thank you so much, Sarah, for sharing, uh, being on the podcast with me. I've really enjoyed listening and learning about you. And yeah, I think this has been a great show. I'm, I'm really happy with how it went and everything. Yeah, I think it was a fun conversation. Last question, ladies. Was this what you guys were expecting? <laughs> Yes, it was actually. I looked. I looked up your YouTube and I saw the show. Listen, <laughs> <laughs> <So> you stop. Listen, <laughs> <laughs> said I only watch one episode. Are you sure about that? <laughs> Sarah, did, was this everything you expected it to be? Uh, yeah, I've been on a lot of podcasts, although I've never been on one with um, multiple guests like this, so mm. that was entertaining. It was like kind of listening to a podcast in itself, like uh, hearing what other people have to say, and that was cool, although I didn't expect my internet to come out so many times. Yeah. <laughs> now that's cool, because whatever it cut off on you, Alyssa picked up. See, so right now, good. we're doing it right now. Yeah, we're- <laughs> Oh, there she go again. She paused again. All right. She might come back. She might not. We don't know. But, yeah. Um, so, thank you guys for watching the Real World. Shout out to everybody that's been supporting. Shout out to everybody that's been watching. Shout out to everybody that has helped us to get this far so far. Shout out to the Brick Network for um, sponsoring us. We're on the Brick Network every Tuesday and Thursday. That's 1 a.m., 12 p.m., and 4 p.m., um, we're also on YouTube. Check us out on www.youtube.com backslash The Real World TV. The Real World TV, one word on YouTube. That's The Real World TV as one word on YouTube. Also, check us out on Facebook on www.facebook.com backslash The Real World 7. Everywhere. That's The Real World 7 like Mike Vick. You can also catch us on podcasts on Apple, Spotify, Pandora, and SoundCloud. And also our official website on www. The Real Word Ministries Inc.org. That's the Real Word Ministries Inc.org. And also, if you want to donate, dollar sign the Real Word Inc. Dollar sign the Real Word Inc. on Cash App. So, we thank all of you for coming on. We thank our guests for coming on as well. Um, would one of you ladies like to close out, out with a prayer? We usually close out with a prayer. Alyssa, Alyssa. I'd be happy to listen to you pray. <laughs> <laughs> Sarah, she passed the ball to you. Oh, well, what did you say, Alyssa? Sorry. You want me to do a prayer? Yeah. yeah. 
Send us some spiritual energy. Okay, uh, in Jesus' name, God, Holy Divine, uh, thank you so much for bringing me with these beautiful souls and entertaining myself and along with others in the audience. I appreciate what you give us and in the holy name, amen. Amen, amen. So we thank you all for joining us. We thank you all for watching. Good night and God bless you. And thank my guests one more time for coming. It's the world. It's the world.